Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a regular, love to get your feedback. These shows improve by you giving us some great feedback. Please take notes. Feel free to, but all of this will be fully transcribed and available on the website, paulhigginsmentoring.com. So our guest today started working when SARS-1 was around. Uh, Little did he know that it was going to turn into SARS-2 and his business model would be perfect for that. He worked in agencies and uh, loved that, travelled the world he believes and and really supports change, which comes through in this. And he moved around quite a bit and then he decided to leave and be a freelancer. That got lonely and he saw a gap. He's like, this is going to be the future of way, the future of work and what I want to do is be at the forefront of that. So that's what he's doing. He's created an amazing community of 150 specialists. Yes, freelancers, but I call them specialists. And he goes into how the future of work will be and how he's bringing these powerful individuals together to help solve problems in marketing. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Jamie Reed from brightbirch.com. Welcome, Jamie Reed from Bright Birch to the Build Live Give podcast. Great to have you here, Jamie. Great to be here. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, well, look, we've had some wonderful conversations in the past. And I can't wait for you to share your experience today. But why don't we start with something that your family or friends know about you that we may not? I guess that I'm one of the weird people that really loves change. I guess it comes from me moving around a lot as a kid, but I seem to not be able to stay put um, for more than five years at a time and uh, just love traveling the world and, and changing my environment. And I feel like it's uh, it helps me stay creative, stay on my toes and uh, roll with the punches, really. So when things like, you know, this COVID-19 situation happen, I sort of see it more as opportunity sometimes than, than a lot of people who kind of dwell on the negative side of things, which I think, you know, helps a lot in, in just the way that I approach business and life in general. Fantastic. And just out of interest, how long have you been in your current place? Uh, two and a half years. So, yeah. But I don't know if I, can, I, don't, I don't know if I can count this last year. Really. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, look, I know you had a, a fantastic career in, um, in agency world. And, uh, you know, why don't you just quickly sum up what that was like and why move into uh, running your own business? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've worked, uh, I started my career, uh, actually, funny enough, when SARS happened. And so I wasn't able to kind of go into the career that I wanted to, the career path I wanted to, which was journalism. Um, and the only job I could get was as a SARS screener. And so, you know, this whole COVID situation, again, is, is fairly familiar to me. But, uh, but I managed to weasel my way up into the ho- in the hospital, into the marketing department, um, and from there, everybody was telling me that I would, I, I would suit agency life pretty well. So um, as I told you, uh, you know, I would, I would quit my job and pick up and move. And the, the second time I did that, I moved to the Middle East, um, where I got a job with TBWA. Uh, so in the ad- advertising industry, um, switched over to Ketchum in PR, 
in the Middle East. So I was there for seven years and then I was in Singapore for five. Um, and, and, you know, agency life is great. It's, it's really dynamic. It's constantly changing. Um, you get to learn a lot about a lot of different things. And I'm much of a, I'm, I'm very much of a generalist. Um, I used to love the networks. I used to love the brainstorming. Um, and then, you know, when I left, um, you know, I had gotten to an age where maybe that pace wasn't quite suitable anymore. I had a family by then, um, and we were heading back to Canada. I decided, well, let me just try myself consulting. Um, and I, I started a company called Bright Birch, and it was essentially Jamie's consulting business. But it morphed very quickly because as I was working for myself, I did find it lonely and I did find it very satisfying in a lot of ways. But I, you know, I missed the interaction. I missed doing work that was bigger than myself. And so um, as I took on projects that were kind of more integrated, um, I would bring on team members and those team members would <clears throat> often kind of say, Jamie, that was a great experience because, you know, we were doing something collectively that we weren't able to do individually and that sort of sparked in my mind especially given that agencies were a little bit floundering that they were letting go of you know senior people uh so they can maintain their margins and and because the gig economy wasn't such a dirty word anymore you know freelancing wasn't such a dirty word anymore it kind of all of those things came together at the right moment and i thought well maybe we can recreate the whole agency experience but without all of the the stuff we hate about agencies and, and just create all the stuff we love. So Brightbridge Collective uh, came out of that and it started small, you know, it was just basically bringing in people that I had worked with or that I trusted. And yeah. eventually we uh, got to where we're at, which is uh, 150 people around the world. Right. Well, uh, that's a, a beautiful segue into the build section. So when people ask you, Hey, Jamie, what do you do now? How do you best describe that? Yeah, what do I do personally is I um, <clears throat> I try to uh, get through each day, uh, <laughs> one one day at a time. But in terms of the Brightbridge Collective, I mean, what we do is we we essentially curate ideal teams. So we put you know the right skill sets and the right people around the problem, as opposed to you know assuming a solution on a client. And and so really, what I do is I, I manage teams and I, I I try to get the most out of teams and and really try to um, bring bring a lot of perspective to the table for our clients yeah and and who are your clients who who do you bring those terms together for um i mean we're still trying to figure out our ideal client i'll be honest we have some really big global clients who we work with you know who, who tap us because we're able to sort of very quickly flex into markets and so we're we're working with some 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 big clients um, in technology and pharmaceutical and that's that's growing you know some of that's going really well but i think you know where where we're finding a really great sweet spot is more sort of like mid to to larger size uh companies that are looking more for like projects i think i think given given the way that we work and the way that we work with freelancers um uh only projects allow us to kind of be very finite in the way that we approach problems and there's a beginning and an end and you can kind of see the the, the fruits of your labor and so those are the types of the type of work that we do but it, it can range anything from you know brand work and marketing and all of that but uh, and we do pretty much everything that you can imagine in the marketing sphere but we also have you know change management consultants and we have technologists and futurists and coaches and things like that so it's we're able to just like i said curate the ideal team around the problem and and i think clients really love that uh that sort of custom approach 
Yeah, and look, you know, you've been in the agency and the marketing world for quite some time. You know, the the specialization, has it been a slow build that there's been, you know, more specialists in fields, or has technology fast tracked that in the last, you know, five years? Like tell us a little bit about that specialization versus I'm a marketer. Like to me, there's always two questions. I'm a marketer, and then the the, the next question is in what? Yeah. Um, look, I think. I think the world's in a, in a really interesting spot right now. There's so much change, but like I said, I thrive in this kind of environment and what I, I'm a generalist. So I, <clears throat> I came into the, into the, you know, part of the reason why I think I started Brightbridge was because when I came into the freelance world, I realized I wasn't really that specialist. And, and, and this is a, a realm for specialists really, because, you know, especially when you're a one-off consultant, clients want you for a very specific reason. Um, and I was kind of, you know, there's the, definitely lots of stuff I can do, um, but was I the best at that thing? And maybe not. And so what I realized was that, you know, people like me need to find a reason to be also. And where I maybe am specialist is in, in galvanizing teams and, and in bringing people together. And because I am a generalist, I'm able to walk into a client client office and kind of just say, I, I can help you. And I can help you in these 10 different ways, right? And I understand enough about everything to be able to say, you know what, I know the right person you should talk to. And so with technology and with the whole flattening of organizations and with the fact that silos are breaking down in businesses, I'd actually believe that Brightbridge is representing sort of a future of work. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's a place for specialists and there's a place for generalists, in fact. And, and I think that it's really in, in, in leveraging the, be- the best of both of those worlds where you can really build team dynamics uh, and solve solve really complex problems. Yeah, and you know, I often uh, call that the the conductor. So if you've, in a way, I'm sort of a bit the same. Where you know, the the clients on the stage, they're the one performing. I'm the one that's sort of conducting the orchestra, and then you're fitting people into your to your orchestra, and and you finding that talent. So you've got 150 people. I know that's grown quite a bit since we last spoke. What are you, you know, what's your secret to picking great talent? And once you pick that, you know, putting it into the right team dynamic. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I'm better than anyone at it. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's always a challenge because humans are messy animals, I always say. And probably the biggest factor is personality. And you have to have the right mindset because, you know, there's, you can hire people for skills. You can hire people for knowledge and, and background and things like that. But the one thing that you kind of can't train people on is their their own their own being and their own their own way of looking at the world. And because Bright Birch, you know, there's a certain expectation, a certain trust that we place on people because they're not employees. So they have to trust the collective, and they have to trust that what we're trying to do is is for the benefit of everybody. Um, but we have to trust them too to be able to deliver on what they promise and be able to kind of, you know, be grownups ultimately. Um, and and in order to be successful, you also have to be open to working with people from different cultures, and you have to be open to working with people of, you know, various backgrounds and 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 all sorts of things. And so that open mindedness, that collaborative spirit, that sort of um, ability to you know, get involved and, and work together with other people, I think is is the number one factor that I look for. The skill sets, I can find ways to either help people build those skill sets, or even if you come in, you know, and you're a harmonica player, you know, I'll find a I'll find a place for you in the band. You know, like there's gonna there's always a place for a harmonica player. So you don't need to uh, 
you don't need to worry too much about people's skill sets at the end of the day. It's really about, you know, their personality and what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. And is there any tools, any, any, any way that you help people better identify who they are and then also how they work within the team? I kind of, but that's, we definitely want to get there. I'd say we're, we're a bit too early in our development at that point. I see the fact that we have 150 people who all have amazing different backgrounds and skill sets. I see Bright Birch eventually becoming almost also a platform where we can train each other and, and share, you know, skill sets and, and best practices with each other in a much you know more formal way than we are currently. Um, but everyone does at least have 10 years experience. Um, that's one of the sort of baselines for for being in the Bright Birch Collective. And it's nothing against people coming out of college or having, you know, being young in their careers. I think it's just, we want to be able to provide a much sort of upstream, a uh, much more upstream service when it comes to strategy and things like that. And so we're dealing with older, you know, I shouldn't say older, but people with more experience, I think they're already pretty set and understand where their strengths lie. So I don't try to, you know, uh, assume that they're that they that they need certain skills, um, but if they if they are curious and they want to engage with other people in the collective to learn new things, you know, our platform allows them to to do that. And I'm uh, I'm a sh- sorry, I shouldn't assume, but uh, are they working, you know, a hybrid within client and remote, or is it all remote uh, working? Um, everybody's everybody's kind of got a different thing. So we have some members who are building basically their business within Bright Birch, right? So the, most of most of their clients and, and stuff are coming through the collective. We have some people that have one foot in, one foot out, right? So they have their own little consultancies and their own clients and they just get involved when they want to get into some, some bigger kinds of work. Um, and then we have some people that, you know, they, they're joined the collective, but we haven't really quite found a, a way to engage them yet on any, on any specific client work. So that's part of the reason why we're being careful not to grow to 20,000 people. I don't want to be Upwork, yeah. right? I want to, I want to be as big as we need to be to be able to solve the problems. Um, and right now the client volume allows us to be this size. Hopefully we'll need to be, you know, bring more people in eventually, but currently I think we're, we're the right size for the amount of client work that we're doing. Yeah. And, and that transition of, you know, everyone used to be in the same room now that they are, in different rooms, et cetera. Any tips there on how, you know, or any learnings that you've got from how you have, you know, quite creative people that all got their individual specialty working as a team and now they're not together. Well, not physically together, I should say. Yeah. I mean, this is the challenge, isn't it? The way that we're trying to solve that, because we also are global, like by, by design, you know, time zones can be a huge problem. The, the just sheer amount of meetings and, and Zoom calls and all of that can be a problem. So we're we're really trying to take advantage of more synchronous and asynchronous communications in, in terms of, you know, at what points, you know, putting some rules around at what points you're, you're expected to answer an email versus, you know, a WhatsApp message. And, and so it's kind of like we have this hierarchy that we've, we've sort of established where like, if you get a, if you get a WhatsApp message, you need to be kind of quick with it. But if you get an email, you know, everybody gives each other a, a day to kind of respond to that. And uh, if you really, something's super urgent, then, you know, let's just get on a phone call. So, so I think that's, um, that's something that I find a lot of organizations still aren't doing. They're, they're still having way too many meetings and, and it's definitely a tip that I would uh, recommend that you find ways to, to build some, 
you know, a hierarchy or a priority of, of needs when it comes to the channels that you're using to communicate with your team members. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And uh, for we use Voxer, which is very similar to to WhatsApp, and uh, I love asynchronous communication. Ari Mizell, who I follow, he's got a podcast called Less Doing, a fantastic uh, mentor, a virtual mentor for me, and he's big on asynchronous. And I think that's fantastic because I've got people in Colombia, I've got people in the Philippines, I've got people in the Maldives, people in Australia. So it's all different time zones. So it's great when, you know, an idea pops in your head and just bang, there you go. So I think that is the way of the future. And and as you said, you're seeing it. What other, um, what other uh, ways of working are you guys on the cutting edge of, right? Like what are you seeing that, you know, some of the agency world could even learn from? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, we're for a completely virtual global agency that has where I'm the only employee, we're surprisingly low tech. And I don't think technology necessarily has to be the solution to everything these days. Sometimes, you know, it's about the human nature of, of you know, getting back down to, like I said, you know, understanding what makes us all tick. We're all humans at the end of the day. We all have our own issues and you know, especially during these times, you know, we don't always know what everyone else is going through. So I think the greatest thing that you can do, because the Zoom calls can, you know, they're helpful, but they're still not like in person, right, is is sometimes to just connect with people in a way that isn't always sort of around work. And we find ways to enjoy each other's company and find ways to celebrate the human at the end of the day, the, the, the actual person, um, and not just treat each other like, like you're trying to always get something out of each other. Right. And, and, and it's hard to sometimes do that because you can't go to the pub and you kind of can't have a laugh the same way, but. So what are some examples of that? How, how have you done that? I mean, there's just like any other kind of uh, agency, right. You know, you'll have a team member who will have like a personal issue, like a family member might pass away or something like that. And in our model, it's very easy to just kind of like switch that person out with another person. Whereas, you know, in, a, in an agency or in a, in a you know, a, a corporation, you know, that's someone that you maybe worked with your whole, you know, for the last 10 years. And so our model ben- benefits a lot from the flexibility and from the plug and play nature of it. But that isn't, I think, why people join. I think the reason people actually join and, and, the, and the benefit that we get is really comes from the the fact that we're a community at the at the at the end of the day and and that people are joining because they want to be part of something bigger than themselves and they want to be connected to other human beings so it's the the human nature of things and it's only going to get worse with ai and technology you know starting to bleed into everything that we do i mean it's already happening and we have to remember who we are and and it's that we're people yeah well we're messy we're messy animals but we're still people true and the the last question in this section is know around that community right because you know a lot of people that i work with you know were one-on-one consultants uh, and then they look to go to group or some form of group and then they uh you know try to find a, a membership or a community right because you know that's like you said you you're helping you're giving to others but it's also a great way of of scaling you what have been you know three key lessons that you've learned on building you know this 150 person community the first i'd say is don't be afraid to ask um you know there's a lot of people out there who are even in full-time jobs who would be happy to 
to, to step in and help out on things. And, and so, you know, start with who, you know, start with sort of like who you're already connected to. And I, I've, I wouldn't have been able to start Bright Birch without having worked in the Middle East, in North America, in Asia. You know, my network was built already to, to be a global, a global solution. So that was a great place to start. The second thing I'd say is that it is not easy. Probably the hardest part of my job is the community side of things. Um, and unfortunately, it's the, it's the part of the job that gets neglected the most because it's not bringing in the money, right? So I've been making a conscious effort this year to try to double down on all of the, you know, the connections, the opportunities to share and network. And, you know, I think we, we still have a lot further to go. And the last thing I'd say is, you know, to that point, don't just try to do it yourself. I think, you know, get a, get a community manager, get someone who's good at that stuff. You know, Microsoft had Steve Ballmer, you know, up on stage, like cheerleading for people. Like, I think, I think there's certain types, personality types in the world that really are good at that stuff and let those people be good at what they do because yeah, it's, it's, it's a full-time job and it's, it takes a lot of energy. So, so those were, would be my tips, I think. Great. Well, just a reminder, we're talking to Jamie Reed from Bright Birch. So it's brightbirch.com. And just before we go into the live section, I would like to talk to you about whether you'd like a high or a low seven-figure business in 2021. I've got an assessment. It's at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. It's 15 questions. takes you about three minutes. But the most important thing is once you fill that out, then there's some options around having a call with me where I'll actually take through a benchmark. So what your answers were versus what I believe is best practice to grow a service-based business in 2021, and then you get a specific plan on what you can do. So it's not a sales call, it's an assessment. So uh, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. So the next is the live section, Jamie. So what are some habits that help you be successful? Um, I should have said yeah. daily. Sorry, I forgot the daily bit. <laughs> daily habits, yeah. I mean, didn't happen last night, but I'd say getting a good night's sleep is always super important because you can't, you can't function. You can't make smart decisions on half a brain. So sleep and, and, and everything that comes with sleep, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of not big into the holistic uh, stuff, but I do, you know, believe that you should eat well and you should exercise and all of that. It all helps. The second thing I'd say that really helps me is like I mentioned earlier is change your environment. Um, right now we're all, a lot of us, not all of us, but a, a lot of us are stuck in our homes. Changing your environment doesn't have to necessarily be about, you know, going out to your office or find, you know, finding a cafe. It can sometimes just be like, find another table in your house to go work from, or just change your chair in a different. So you're looking at a different wall because it's that, um, it's that change in perspective. I think that in, unlocks certain things in our brains in the way that we work. And the last thing I say is I have a, um, an inbox zero uh, sort of a, a methodology where I, I really kind of can't not answer messages, even if it's just a great thanks. You know, like I, I need to acknowledge that I received it and that I got it and I need to get it out of my inbox. Otherwise, it drives me nuts. So those are kind of my, uh, my, my key tips. Right. And the next section's uh, the give section. So I know you've got the community, which is Bright Birch, that you support. So, you know, just tell us about, you know, why you created this community and why you're so passionate about it. So 
the traditional agency model is what is considered a zero sum game, right? In, in game theory, you have these huge pitches, these RFPs that clients give out and only one agency wins. In order to overcome that, these big holding companies have bought multiple or created multiple agencies. So they're basically competing with each other. But, you know, the client doesn't win because essentially they're paying this high overhead. The, 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 the employees don't win because they're essentially sort of working to the bone. The only people that win really in that whole situation are the shareholders. I believe in, a, in, in what we built Brightbridge around is called infinite sum. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if it's an actual term, but it's what I consider to be sort of, you know, there's, there's a way that the world can work where everybody wins. You know, there's enough to go around. And so I believe in the sorts of values that allow us to live more harmoniously. And so, you know, there's definitely charities that believe in that. There's, um, there's also any, anything that kind of looks at humans and looks at the way that we can kind of maximize our potential, but together, those are the sorts of things that I really believe in. And, and that's what I, I, you know, I built Brightbridge around. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, I give uh, to a, a, a charity or it's a, uh, a service called uh, purplehouse.org. .au and they help Indigenous Australians get access to dialysis. And uh, having been on dialysis myself in the city, I know how hard it is to get into remote parts of Australia. And uh, all the proceeds of my book, which is Build, Live, Give, go to, to this charity and also a percentage of my uh, total income goes there. So you can find out more at purplehouse.org. So the last section is the rapid-fire question section where I'll ask you some questions and get some rapid-fire answers. So the first one is what are your top three personal effectiveness tips? Oh, those are kind of what I gave already. So, yeah, just sleep well, um, you know, change your environment, get up, move around, you know, get a different perspective, and then, yeah, you know, answer all your emails. Just get them out of the way and get them done and move on. And what's a piece of technology that's essential for running your business? I know you said it's not the core of the community, but you know what if you had to pick one, what is it? Slack, I think. You know, I didn't like it at first, but it's grown on me. It's become sort of the lifeblood of of our communications as a as a global network. Great. And and what's the best source of new ideas for you? It's always about synergies and other people and perspective, right? So I think you know, it's unlocking the potential of, of the human mind is really about in, engaging it in ways that it pushes its limits, puts it in sort of a, an uncomfortable position. Again, that's what change brings. That's what different personalities and perspectives get that challenged to you know, get people to challenge you, I think is the best way. Great. And the last question is the big one. And that's why I leave it to the end. But what impact do you want to leave on the world? Yeah, I mean, I I think I would consider myself successful in life if people looked back, you know, 10, 50, 100 years, I don't know what, um, and said that I helped to really bring the world together in a way that was collaborative, open-minded, supportive, but really understood how to get the most out of people, not as individuals, but as a, as, as teams and how those synergies and, and complements really really unlocked the potential of people just generally yeah brilliant well look thanks for sharing you know how you can work and i think you know if you look at the 
the structure that I studied at university, most of us who are in corporate have been in, is very different to the one you're bringing together. It's the one that I've been doing since 2011. And I think for a lot of you watching and, and listening, it's the one that really does have a win-win situation, right, where it doesn't have to be one way or the other. So you can find out more about Jamie and his fantastic community at brightbirch.com. So, Jamie, thanks for coming on and sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I really enjoyed that interview with Jamie and I hope you did as well. I love the fact that he talked about really the future of working and that it can be a win-win, you know, getting money or generating money just for shareholders doesn't have to be the case anymore. And I think there is a great way. And in a way, it also reminds me a bit of cryptocurrencies. But anyway, I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, There's a full transcript in the show notes. There's all the links that Jamie mentions everything there for you. And I'd love to know your takeaways. Why not when the episode comes out, while you're listening to it right now, why don't you share it and say what you learned from Jamie? I know Jamie would love that as well. You can find more about Jamie and his fantastic community at at, uh, brightbirch.com. Once again, that link will be in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to know if you're going to have a high or low seven-figure service-based business this year, just go to the assessment. It's at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. Please take action to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.